0: What's up guys? Welcome into the Thursday edition of All Canadian. We are geared up and ready to rock for week two. That includes my man, Nathan Rourke Getting the start week two, uh, you know, tough for Michael Riley to have to come back from an injury like this so early. We still don't know the full extent of the injury, but for now, rest is always a good option, especially when it seemed he could barely grip the ball throw a spiral last week. Before we get too much into news and notes, why not start off with a nice, cold, crisp Sawdust City Beer. Sawdust City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This August, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code. Use all caps C-F-L during checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age. They do, in fact, check when they drop off packages. They do. One time uh, I was visiting home. All of a sudden, a shipment showed up, and uh, I was out. But the guy asked, oh, is he, is he legal to drink? And my dad's like, yeah, he's, he's in his mid-20s. Like, what do you expect? And like, <laughs> But they do check. Otherwise, he would have had to take it. And uh, I don't know if he returns to sender or if he can then take my package. No, he definitely returns it to center. But Connor, how are you doing today?
1: Well, I think they give you a little bit of a leeway period, and then you can go pick it up. So you're not just stranded without your beer, but I'm doing great today. I am doing great today. We're getting ready and set here for week two of CFL action. As we get back to CFL football, you can get back in the game with Fox 40. Visit fox40shop.com to grab your coaching boards, gear, and more. As we get ready for the upcoming football seasons, use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off of your order. Man, does it feel good to be back to football! It feels good to be back to CFL football, Canadian football, U-sports football.
0: That's coming down the pipe soon. We've got some news on that as well.
1: I get to go stand on a field this weekend too, which I am fired up for.
0: Yeah, Connor's going to support the next generation of U-sports athletes at a high school 7-on-7 showcase.
1: Yeah, MVP football 7-on-7. They've got an event going down on Friday. I will be at that, covering some stuff off for CFP, so... That'll be coming out in uh, in the following week, but let's let's talk about some Week 2 CFL action coming up here.
0: Yeah, let's go with some news and notes. I mentioned it off the hop That's Nathan Rourke officially the starting quarterback for the BC Lions in Week 2. Break out the Canadian flags, guys, because he is going to put on a show, and we're going to be waving that across Twitter all damn weekend, I feel like. It is now a point of pride that Nathan Rourke plays as well as he does. Uh, another uh, U Sports signing, though, to keep us going. Elk sign Shaden Phillip from the U of A. Uh, good linebacker, DB hybrid guy. He's gonna really contribute for them on special teams. So, uh, good way for him to fill in and balance out a roster.
1: Yeah, and for those U Sports guys, special teams is your way into the league. Look at what Charlie Moore did. For the Calgary Stampeders against the Toronto Argonauts.
0: And Grant McDonald, wasn't he amongst the league leaders in special teams tackles this week as well?
1: He was the league leader in special teams tackles this week. So shout out to Grant McDonald. showing out to the showing Calgary out.
0: Dinos, period. Because yeah, those really. linebackers just put on a show this week on special teams. Hopefully they get a chance. Maybe not this year, but in the near future.
1: He's not a linebacker, but Peter Nicastro started this week on the offensive line for the Toronto Argonauts, so there are dinos all over the league as rookies I right now. I think
0: I saw like 19 dinos are currently playing in the CFL. Uh, just an absurd number, and kudos to Coach Harris that program for developing such great guys. We know they have another generation coming up right behind. Don't worry, they're going to be at the top, waiting for their chance. Uh One person, though, that, and I'm upset by this, James Wilder Jr., no more crop top. You kidding me? Let the belly breathe, man.
1: No more crop top for James Wilder Jr. Head coach Jamie Elizondo has asked JWJ to roll it down. It's not like an attack on JWJ or not a shot or anything like that. I think Coach E just doesn't want a fine or a flag in game, which is understandable.
0: Do the roll, uh, do the low roll where you just show like maybe an inch of belly.
1: Mm I yeah, I like that. I like that. You get to keep you get to keep it a little bit, and for you're Jay- still following uniform. For rules. him though,
0: like he, he's gotta he's gotta tuck the back plate. That's the main reason they want the guys to have yes. it as low as they do. Uh, you can't have your back plate sticking out. It's a point of safety. Uh, if someone's not wearing a visor, they come in for a tackle, your plate could slide in through their face mask and maybe cause some damage to eyes, or you can get hands caught, fingers caught. More than normal, uh, if the jersey was covering it. So as that's clean as it reason, does look, that's the main reason for why backplates have to be tucked in. I know it's a great practice look, and guys love doing it for games. Hell, I used to love it for practices. But come time, come game time, officials will be walking up behind you, warm up and untucking it from the backplate, making sure it's coming down. So if you uh, can roll the jersey up under the backplate, that that's the clean look. It will be. That's the clean one that you got to go for.
1: Uh, Speaking of clean looks, though, the Montreal Alouettes' new team jet. The Owls are in action this week. They had the bye last week. They're kicking it off against the Edmonton Elks, and they're flying out in style.
0: Yeah, they uh, unveiled the new look for their team plane as they get ready to fly across country. So uh, I really like the Argos had their team plane. We know Hamilton's been flying on theirs. Uh, the owls now have their own team plane too. So I really like the wraps on these airplanes. We, uh, it it looks really good and really clean. Honestly, it just looks so much more professional.
1: Yeah, it does look really good, especially with the red, white, and blue. The owls will be taking flight. Hopefully they're taking flight on the field as well. Last bit of news before we jump into week two CFL stuff, shout out to Braden Stachel over at RCFL, man. That dude just does the most. He loves the league so much. You're and the this week... Work. Isn't that what he said? That Yes. And this week, man, he hooked up a CFL fan to go to a Saskatchewan Rough Riders game. Like, how cool is that? So a story came out on Twitter. I believe it was Ty the Riders fan who, said, uh, who, who just shared a story about his neighbor who was a new Canadian. He moved over from China, I think, two years ago is what the post said, and... He's been over at Tyler's house and he calls Tyler his best friend. And, you know, Tyler's been telling him about the the riders and how much fun the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are. And he's been Tom has been following along with Tyler. And now Tom actually gets to go to a Saskatchewan Rough Riders game because Braden tweeted out at the Riders account. Let's hook this up. Let's get Tom hooked up. Sure enough, the riders tweet back, yeah, let's do it. Hit our DMs. So Shout out to Braden and Tyler and Tom, man. I, I just hope you have the most fun at Mosaic Stadium on Saturday night.
0: It is going to be a wild crowd, that's for sure. A big nighttime game for them again out in the prairies. Uh, for Braden, though, hey, like, want to uh, help me maybe get to a game here? Today? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And all
1: you've all been to enough. You can pay I, for your tickets. Yes,
0: I can get my own way to a CFL stadium, but very much uh, appreciative of Braden helping spread the game, helping push the game forward, especially with younger audiences. So a uh, big shout-out to him. Unfortunately, though, we're talking CFL power rankings, and we have to break some bad news to Braden right off the hop. Despite their win in Week 1 against the Edmonton Elks, the Ottawa Redblacks are still ranked ninth.
1: People are outraged by this, which I can understand. You come away with a, with a Week 1 win against a tougher team in Edmonton, but... Look, your quarterback put up 71 yards of passing offense. Your offense as a whole didn't look that great. You were the most sacked team in the league in Week 1. Do I think they deserve to be in the basement? I don't think so, but how can you how can you put Ottawa at 9 and then turn around and put Hamilton at 3? I know Hamilton they came played- off the Winnipeg Blue Marbers, but still, there is an argument to be made there that Ottawa – as a one-win team, does not deserve to be nine. Like, no, maybe no, no, the no. seven to eight range, but...
0: Well, here's, here's what I would do. I'd leave the top half, go down to six, whatever. Once we get to seven, though, I'd go Ottawa, BC, Edmonton. I'd just flip Ottawa and Edmonton because, truthfully, BC looked damn good, so I but they lost. Edmonton looked awful and lost. Ottawa looked awful and won. Well, Abdul, uh, Abdul Kenna looked amazing, but...
1: And won Ottawa the game.
0: Outside of that, I mean, the team as a whole, like you said, seventy-one yards. You're not putting them any. You're not putting them above Calgary, even though Calgary's zero one. You're not putting them above Hamilton, who just hung in there with the defending Grey Cup champions. Like you don't have Winnipeg on your schedule, so you can't draw that marker. But I, I think there need to be some kind of appreciation for them winning, right? Like their power rankings, they're not standing, so it's based off of how you played, not what the result was. Um... But to me, Edmonton just—they looked not great against Ottawa. Trevor Harris mainly with his three interceptions. The defense looked, the defensive line looked great. The DBs looked great. Uh, receiving core looked great. So, I understand why they're at nine, but I, I would like to see them maybe swap with Edmonton.
1: Yeah, I get that. I would like to see. I mean, yes, Hamilton had the the week one loss, and you said it's about how you played, but swap swap Montreal and Hamilton just for the week to see how it goes. You have a no win team and a in a one loss team. I say Montreal at three, Hamilton at four. If you deserve a game, you deserve. If you lose a game, you deserve to be punished a little bit for how is, that.
0: How is Montreal even at four when they haven't played a game? Like
1: because they're going to be good this year.
0: Are we sure about that?
1: I'm pretty confident. You I'm pretty confident.
0: You thought your Elks were going to win last week?
1: We'll get there. We'll get there with the covers today. I'm pretty confident in Montreal. Okay. I did think my Elks were going to win last week, and and their defense looked great, but. Trevor Harris looked like uh, Nathan Rourke was supposed to look.
0: I mean, Trevor Harris just kind of looked like Brett Favre. I mean, yards galore, but tons of interceptions, right? So, uh, but with Brett Favre, you get the good and the bad. So which one's going to show up this week?
1: That's what I was going to say. If you're confident Trevor Harris to Brett Favre, I'm not going to be too, too mad at that because knowing what Brett Favre is capable of doing when he was able to play a full four quarters, uh, is pretty special stuff. Again, like these power rankings, it's week one. Things are going to change. Offenses are going to smooth out. Defenses are going to start playing better. So it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how these move along as the season rolls on. All right. Auto at nine, though, is just the Twitter comments have been comedic. But uh, let's move on.
0: All right, let's go Connors Covers.
1: It is week two of the CFL action.
0: Well, hold on. No, no, no. We're not going any further without addressing last week. Okay, we got to include the record now.
1: We did. We did address last week. We addressed it, but
0: I have to bring in your record so you're reminded of it when you make these picks.
1: I know, I know. On the
0: three that we posted on Instagram, Connor went 0 for 3.
1: I went 0 for on all of my picks from last week.
0: And then you hit two of your props out of the three. So you are 2 and 5. No pushes.
1: Maybe that's the key. Maybe I just got to keep betting props instead of games all season.
0: Well... Two and five, two, five and 0 oh. It's a good way to start the year, especially with the lack of knowledge we had going into this year with the year off. So let's start it up. BC at Calgary, lines one and a half for the Calgary Stampeders. Are you going with Nathan Rourke or is Bo Levi Mitchell going to turn it around?
1: I will get there in just one second, but I do want to say there's a lot of one and a half point spreads right now. Um, I do expect game lines to move as we get closer to some of these game days. Obviously, that's you know that's what happens as some of the sharps start to put their money down and big whales of betters start to toss you know large chunks of cash down on these games. But uh, I do expect the lines to move. So if you do see some movement in the lines, maybe a two or a three point line as we get closer to game day, I wouldn't be surprised. But this one, BC and Calgary is coming up today, though. At the time of recording, line, like you said, one and a half point spread, basically a pick 'em. Nathan Rourke in his second game of CFL action. I can't do it. I cannot no. go BC here. I'm going Calgary for a few reasons. Calgary, right now, outside of Bo Levi Mitchell, like I'm not talking quarterbacks, I'm talking Calgary offense as a whole. Last week, they were one of the toughest teams to get off the field, they had the fewest two and outs. And Bo Levi Mitchell was sacked no times last week. No sacks. Did not hit the deck once. He also threw for 250 yards and a touchdown. His young wide receivers looked okay. I think they are going to take this step. And the Calgary defense looked serviceable.
0: Sean Lemon looked young.
1: Sean Lemon did look young. What what scares me is the secondary. I mean, you let McLeod Bethel-Thompson and the Toronto Argonauts throw for 354 yards. But... Again, another, another team with a retooled set of wide receivers. So in this one, like, I think we could see a shootout here, especially with the offensive weapons around Nathan Rourke. But I think Calgary is just going to be able to hold onto the ball a little bit longer. It's going to take a lot to get the stamps off the field. And in a shootout like this one, I trust the Calgary defense just a little bit more than I trust the BC Lions defense. I didn't really like what I saw out of them in week one. So... In a pick 'em like this game, I just think that an experienced Calgary quarterback in Bo Levi Mitchell is going to be able to make one more play than Nathan Rourke, which is going to decide the game.
0: Very fair. We will see if you will be burnt twice by the Canadian gunslinger.
1: I was, I was this close to taking BC Rouge last away, week. Rouge away, eh? This, Rouge away. This close. Well, last week I said I would not be surprised if BC covered this game, but and I shouldn't taken them. my own advice. Ugh. Let's
0: go to the next game. On the slate, Toronto at Winnipeg. Winnipeg's an 8-point favorite, despite Toronto being 1-0 and against Calgary. If this was a money line bet where you have to pick the winner straight out for our viewers or for our listeners, I guess, who aren't as in-tuned with gambling, where are you going for the money line
1: money line is winnipeg and it has to be have winnipeg
0: to pick on the eight point spread
1: i don't really know i think toronto has potential and capability to cover but eight points is a big spread like that is a lot of points but winnipeg's defense is damn good we saw that against hamilton uh, toronto's offense looked incredible against the calgary stampeders but again that was the Calgary Stampeders who allowed them to throw the ball for 350 yards. I don't think this Winnipeg defense will let Toronto throw for as many yards. Toronto struggled at times to get a ground game going as well. I know it's the CFL, and you know it is a passing league, but getting your running attack going is important in any level, in any variation of football, and Toronto struggled to do that at times. Winnipeg's defensive front is damn scary, which is gonna you know cause some uncomfortability from McLeod Bethel Thompson and you know Lawler, Dembski, Caleros, Oliveira. We're making plays all over the field against Hamilton. So if they can contain and control what was supposed to be you know the Grey Cup favorite in the Hamilton Tiger Cats, I think that they'll be able to do this against the Argos as well. So I think Toronto covers, but I think Winnipeg wins the game. I, think, I just think eight points is a lot to make up.
0: Here's where I'm going with the spread. I'm going same thing. Toronto's going to cover, but Winnipeg's going to win. And the difference for me is that Kadim Carey and Milanovic-Litre had a good day. They had a good outing against that Toronto defense. And now you're going to roll in the number one rushing attack. I don't care if Andrew Harris isn't playing. We saw what Brady Oliveira did last week. You're going to put that against a team that struggled against Kadim Carey. Yes, they had the fumble and... Uh, that's how it went throughout the game and swung the game in momentum. They had their mojo moment, if you will, from hard knocks on Wednesday night or Tuesday night. But, uh, I mean, for me, it's just going to be Oliveira, 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 and he's going to crush and grind and push these yards forwards. Then Kenny Lawler over the top. Then you get Nick Dembski. And then all of a sudden, Kaleros is scrambling around doing his thing, and your defense is out of sorts. And it just it's it all comes from the run game. And I think that's going to play huge factors. So let's go to your favorite game of the week. It's a one and a half point line for the Edmonton Elks. They are hosting the Montreal Alouettes, who had a week one bye. We have not seen them at all so far in the CFL season. Which means this line is kind of odd to me. Like at a one and a half, you haven't seen a team play. Uh, Where are you going with this one?
1: This one is probably the one that I'm most looking forward to this week. It is the team that I have now, you know, strung my allegiances along with against the player who I have had my allegiances tied to since the twenty twenty CFL draft for the first time in nearly two years. I will get to see my guy, Marc Antoine Ducroix, take the field hopefully anyways. Hopefully anyways. And Cam and Lawson. Cam lost, and Cam Lawson. We cannot leave out the former Gale. But uh, this one is funny. It's a it's a funny matchup. It's a one one-and-a-half point spread. Edmonton, you know, offensively, James Wilder Jr. looked incredible. The wide receivers looked incredible. Trevor Harris looked good at times, but it's just a matter of limiting those mistakes. Edmonton's defense, on the other hand, looked outstanding, especially the secondary. They were flying all over the field. Mincy looked great. Rose looked great. Grimes looked incredible. So this, one, this one's interesting because what what I like so much about Montreal, Edmonton has the counterpoint to Montreal is one of these teams where I think they could have a really high-functioning, high-velocity type offense. You know, you've got Vernon Adams Jr., who we both nailed as a potential most outstanding player of the year candidate. He can sling the ball all over the field. He's got weapons galore. I think William Stanback is going to come in and, you know, be – a true blue power back for the Owls this season, much like an Andrew Harris type role. I wouldn't be surprised to see him take on a role like that. I don't know this one. This one's really a toss up. And again, this is one of those lines that it's set at one and a half as of Wednesday, as of when we're recording. But I wouldn't be surprised to see some movement closer to game time.
0: People will bet it too. They'll People move, will bet move it, the yeah. Line with their betting.
1: And the line will move with that. So this one. I'm going with the 0-0 team. I'm going with the no-games-under-their-belt team. I'm going with the Montreal Alouettes to cover a win on the road in Edmonton. Unfortunately, putting my Edmonton Elks at 0-2 to start the season off.
0: Let's be real. You were not betting against Marc-Antoine Dacroix if your life depended on it.
1: I thought about it. I really did think about it.
0: Yeah, but when it came time, you could not turn your back on those golden locks. Not even golden locks. They're brown, but like... You could not turn your back on that lovely set of locks flowing out the back of the helmet when it came time to pay the piper.
1: No, it was really hard, too. Not to mention the fact that it could be a revenge game for Armando Sewell as well.
0: Oh, revenge game's always the best time of the year. And in the CFL, you get him, what, twice a year? But, Uh, like,
1: my last question before we move on, and I think this is going to decide the game, what does Montreal do with the defensive ends in Edmonton. I I think Kwaku Boateng and Matthew Betts could swing this game for Edmonton.
0: Seven-man pros and just pray to God that you find a way to maybe chip and release and go to a 60 halfway through the game.
1: Find 93, find (laughs) nine. Do not let them get in the backfield. All
0: right, 70 pro every single snap, guys. We're just going to play, you know, (laughs) four guys out in the field.
1: Willie, I'm sorry. We are not Zab's running going. the ball today. You are staying in the backfield to block.
0: Uh, no, running the ball would actually take some sting off of it, right? Because you wouldn't let them pin their ears back. Um, but if you're going to run the ball and you want to throw in some extra blockers for them, I mean, that would really help. Uh, I think the run game, in all seriousness, I joked with the 70 Pro. It's going to be William Standback that takes the sting off of Boateng and Betts. Because if they can pin their ears back because they know the run game isn't going anywhere today, Vernon Adams, you're going to have to show us how well you run. Uh, and that's not a great way to start the season. So we will now move the final game. Hamilton at Saskatchewan. Hamilton coming off a loss against the Bombers. Saskatchewan held on for dear life in that second half against BC. The line is at 1.5 for the home team. Connor, are you picking the Ticats, or are you picking the Rough Riders to go 2-0 and at Mosaic?
1: I am picking the Rough Riders to go two and O at home. I think there's a lot to be sorted out on the offensive side of the ball, specifically the offensive line right now for Hamilton. Not to say that I don't think they can get it sorted out, but they do have a lot of new pieces in play along that offensive line. And it was it showed through against the bombers. Obviously you have Jeff Coat and Willie Jefferson on either end, which, you know, always makes things difficult, but there was more to it than that. I mean, Masoli just didn't have a lot of time to throw the ball throughout the game and we saw that result in, you know, 50% completions. Saskatchewan's a funny one. Because, well, I guess so is Hamilton because, you know, I've got absolutely no idea what I'm talking what I'm talking about. You've got no idea what you're talking about, but for me this this kind of flipped. Saskatchewan looked a lot better than I thought they were going to and Hamilton looked a lot worse than I thought they were going to to start the season. I think the Saskatchewan defense is going to be be able to create some pressure and make Masoli uncomfortable you know Fajardo looked looked great he was making plays left right and center so it's going to be about containment of Fajardo not letting him throw the ball downfield to Kyron Moore, Shaq Evans Braden Lineus now and Powell actually looked really good running the ball as well so how are they going to be able to handle that early on in the season I'm taking Saskatchewan at home against Hamilton however Ask me this again in another couple of weeks. And uh, I might be saying Hamilton over Sask. So we'll see as the season develops. But in this one right now, Saskatchewan looks a little bit more ready for the season than Hamilton.
0: But here's the thing. Saskatchewan gave up 32-point lead, 31-point lead.
1: They cannot do that against Hamilton.
0: To a rookie quarterback in his first game who didn't know until kickoff that he was going to play. Now you're telling me that Jeremiah Masoli and Brandon Banks. And you know what? The, the O-line issues are the O-line issues. BC has O-line issues as well. Nathan Rourke had a guy in his face when he tossed that beautiful ball to Brian Burnham. Now you're going to try that on Jeremiah Masoli? To me, one and a half, I like. I hate one and a halves. I, like, I really hate these pick-em lines. Uh, I'm going to go Hamilton on this one to just counter you because I feel like Coach Orlando Steinauer is not letting this team go 0-2, and, and I think that the offensive skill players from Hamilton are going to expose that rider secondary just as bad as Burnham, Rhimes, and Whitehead did a week ago.
1: Yeah, that's going to be the, the big key for Saskatchewan is if they can get out to an early lead, they're going to need to keep that early lead. You can't collapse like you did in the second half against BC because if you do that against a team like Hamilton, you're right. They will make you pay for it. So I'm interested to see how this one falls. Let's right. do some props yeah, though.
0: Yeah, quick props. I'm going to fire them at you. Give me your answer. We'll we'll just move on to the next one. Just quick in out. Yep. No prop on Nathan Rourke so far. They still have Michael Riley up despite.
1: Whatever it is, I'm taking the over.
0: Taking the over on Nathan Rourke? Over. All right. <laughs> Whenever that prop comes out, I'm sure Connor's going to tweet about it. Uh. He will hit the over on it. Bo Levi Mitchell, four hundred
1: yards. I'm taking the over.
0: Bo Levi Mitchell, over under two hundred and eighty-seven and a half passing yards.
1: I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say over. I think it's gonna be a high-scoring, high-flying game.
0: Kamar Jordan, over under four receptions.
1: He was the leading receiver for Calgary against the Argos. Now they're turning around and playing BC, who doesn't have the same secondary, or defense as Toronto. So I'm saying over to this one as well.
0: Brian Burnham. That over-under is still sitting around 86 yards. It it's seems to be a favorite number. So 86 and a half is his total. Over-under.
1: I'm going to say under by a hair. I think they're going to key on Burnham, and I think that's really going to open up Lucky Whitehead and Rhymes in this game.
0: And one outside of that game, we're going to go to Winnipeg. Kenny Lawler over under three receptions.
1: Yeah, you smash that over button. You smash that over button so hard until it breaks. Kenny Lawler, probably going to say between five and six receptions. He'll probably sit at seven to eight targets on the week, I would think.
0: Is this Western Union? Because they're handing out some free cash this week. This is our, uh, once a week we find a free cash bet. Uh, This one's going to hit for us. We think, not think, we know Kenny Lawler is going to get the damn rock.
1: Yeah, this is the one eight six six Wow deal game of prop bet of the week here.
0: All right, and as we t- talk gambling, let's move to our weekly fantasy stuff. General notes on this week: Brian Burnham, Brandon Banks, still expensive. Banks is fourteen thousand. Brian Burnham's over ten and a half. Lucky Whitehead though sitting at six thousand. Connor, did you dive into Lucky Whitehead?
1: I did. I could not go Brian Burnham, especially what I just said about the prop bet. Too. I think he is going to be the focal point for the Stamps defense. But I do like the value of Lucky Whitehead and we'll talk about value soon, but I do like the value of Lucky Whitehead at, you know, around $6100. And Kenny Lawler,
0: 5721.
1: He's enticing. He's enticing at 5000. I've, I've got him locked in. He had two, he had a two touchdown week last he's not week as well, so to follow up
0: with the two touchdowns again most likely. But you saw the target share that he got. That's it's so promising for fantasy. And to have him still at five grand is, is kind of unreal. I mean, taken to this fact, Michael O'Connor, the backup quarterback for Calgary, is still at 5000 So, who knows? Uh, we are excited to see Vernon Adams this week, as Connor has mentioned before. But hold off on buying him up this week for your fantasy rosters. He's playing a scary Elks defensive line, a fast secondary. And he's also very expensive. Third highest at $10,686. So VA, we want the price to come down or at least see more on tape for this season until we spend that price tag. Uh, Value picks, though, coming from me. Here's my, instead of Wade's wagers, we're going to go shopping at Value Village and pick up some great old players. Number one, I could not pass this up. I locked this in at, like, what, 3 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday? So on Tuesday at 3 p.m., I went on. I said, oh, where is he? Where is my guy, Nathan Rourke? Sitting pretty at $2,500? Yes, please. You're going to get a starting quarterback in the CFL cheaper, like I just mentioned, half the price, in fact, of Michael O'Connor. What the hell? So I grabbed that up right away. Uh, And that allowed me in my lineup to go with a Brian Burnham, Brady Oliveira, James Wilder, and Kenny Lawler. So I, I have a pretty... Good roster in my mind. Uh, Definitely had some misses last week, but Nathan Rourke to me at 2,500, you have to lock it. Like this is this is a no-brainer. I don't care what you think other guys are going to get in quarterbacks for comparison, but the fact that it allows you so much flexibility. I mean, think of Verton and Adams at 10,000, you know, or 10 and a half. You now have an extra $8,000 that you can go and spend on someone. That makes a hell of a difference. That's the difference in you getting a Brandon Banks or having to stick with a backup receiver, like a Josh Huff who starts, but he's not the highest value for his team.
1: I did go back and forth on Rourke and VA until I decided I was going to lock my roster in. I ended up talking myself into Rourke, which was incredible because it freed up so much space across my roster. Um, yeah, you for the value alone here, you got to go Rourke. Not to mention, I know we've said it already now, but not to mention... That Calgary secondary is gonna let him throw the ball.
0: Yeah, they. I mean, McLeod just had 384 on them. Was that the number you gave out? So
1: 354.
0: 354. Sorry, I'm. Uh, yeah, 354. So I mean, Rourke, I'm hoping can get what 275, 280, and a couple touchdowns. Cut back on the picks like we mentioned Tuesday. Uh, so we're moving on from Nathan Rourke. Next, we're going to the Montreal Alouettes, and that's Jake Wieneke, who had. 569 yards and a team high eight touchdowns in 2019 and you're valuing him at four thousand four hundred and one dollars that's a red zone threat and i'm not gonna lie i've made my living in fantasy football for the nfl gambling off of Devonte adams who is a red zone threat who has progressively gotten better and better to the point where he is the top receiver in the nfl uh so for me, I see Jake Weineke, I see red zone value, and we know how high-flying their offense is going to be. That's promising, so I'm snatching up Jake Weineke at 4,401. Not on my team, though, because I had that extra cash, <laughs> thanks to Nathan Rourke. And then we're going to go to Braden Linius. Uh He's valued similarly to Nathan Rourke at 2,500 caught a touchdown last week shared the load with Kyron Moore Shaq Evans and himself so he's right in that mix for the top target with Saskatchewan and if they're going to beat Hamilton it's going to be over the middle targeting that big frame especially if Tunde Adelike is still out so for Linnaeus, 2500 gotta lock that in but Nathan Rourke is my absolute steal of the week I've locked it in I know Ben Kramer had it too as his absolute lock at that price value so um the worst kept secret in the CFL this week is that Nathan Rourke is a good pick in fantasy.
1: Yeah, no doubt. But for me, like the one that I kind of like the most outside of Nathan Rourke, it's Braden, it's Braden Linnaeus on your list here because Hamilton's going to key on Shaq Evans. Everybody knows what he's capable. Next man up is Kyram Moore, who dominated the league in 2019 as well. And then Braden Linnaeus, somebody is going to have to catch the ball in Saskatchewan, and that leaves Braden Linnaeus open. Like you said, massive frame. So at $2,500, I like the value in Braden Linneus here, especially for red zone targets because that frame is huge.
0: And, I mean, if we're talking running backs just as one more throw in, like Brady Oliveira, I mean, he's below Kadeem Carey, Sean Thomas Erlington, Don Jackson, Shaq Cooper, Will Standback, John White, William Powell, Andrew Harris. Like He's below all of those guys. And we saw the performance. I'm willing to bet on Oliveira and say this is not a one-off. So at 4,500, you can go and lock him in as well. There's your fourth little extra pick for you.
1: I uh, was shocked to see him at 4,500 after the week we, we saw him have.
0: I was too. Uh, I'm I'm still shocked that Sean Thomas Erlington is expensive as he is. Uh, he, you know, he, he had good carries. He was the main feature back for Hamilton. But they didn't really get anything going with him. They didn't use him out of the backfield as well as they had in prior years. So, I mean, 3.2 yards per carry for him compared to a 5.7 from Oliveira. I'm, I'm going to go with the 5.7. That's just so much more room for home runs, right? So, let's move on, though. Final segment for the week before we get into that lovely Week 2 game slate. One thing that we want to see built on from Week 1 can be from any team any player coach play calling refereeing you name it maybe it's the fans doing more antlers up or spike getting more involved uh, the new edmonton elks mascot who looks very promising and very intimidating for all those who said the elks is not a menacing name go and check out spike with his multicolored horns
1: yeah i was gonna say go take a look at spike who is now looking As intimidating as
0: does Spike have to go and fight Big Joe next time they play Ottawa?
1: He might, or we might have to send him to Saskatchewan to fight Gainer the Gopher because he's looking pretty scary as well.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, we can get that going. Or maybe we'll just 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 can't throw in Calgary's actual living breathing horse. That's just kind of unfair. Um,
1: I think that's actually illegal.
0: (laughs) Yes, it is. It is quite illegal. All right, Connor. Heading into week two, what's the one thing you want to see built upon from week one?
1: Obviously, it has to be more antlers on helmets. That is my one. No, no, no. In all seriousness, my antler dances, more more antler antler dances. dances. I would like to have a word, if anybody could hook this up, I would like to have a word with those guys in in the defensive line room for the Elks because I got to know if they saw our video where I looked like an absolute dummy throwing my hands on the side of my head before it was even announced that they were going to be the Elks. Obviously, I love that sack dance. But but no, my my thing for, for the league to build on going into week two, you said it could be any team, any player, any whatever. It could be the officials. Mine is for the league offenses as a whole. And this is going to come with time. It's going to come with reps. It's going to come as the season moves on. But going into week two, I would like to see more offensive fluidity. I would like to see more drives being sustained. I would like to see, you know, offenses getting on the offenses, having these great plays and putting these drives together and not having them end in a two and out or a sack that puts them out of range. In week one, there were 51 two and outs forced. That is a lot. I know it's the first week in the first time back in a while, but, 51 two and outs. Those are drive killers. And to add on to that, there was 17 sacks. So I would just like to see a little bit more sustainability with the offenses, get these drives rolling, march the field, get the ball downfield, and then put your team in a position to score. And this is not at any one team. This is just at CFL off- offenses in general because there was a lot of nice play, nice play, two and out. Nice play, nice play. We're going to get close. We get sacked and taken out of range. Like There was just a lot of flashes but no finish, I found. Um, so that, that's my thing for week two is just sustainability and fluidity, just putting together these drives that result – or I guess keeping these drives going that result in scoring plays.
0: And, you know, Ottawa accounted for five of those sacks. So that number is going to come down hopefully. The two and outs – We saw a lot early on from Nathan Rourke when he was just finding his footing in the CFL. We also saw a lot coming from Hamilton after that first quarter and Ottawa as well. So we saw some teams really stall late in games. I mean, hell, even Saskatchewan down the stretch started to stall and get clunky on offense. Um, So I think you're going to see those numbers improve like you're hoping for. My big thing to build on though, let's get some volume into Nathan Rourke's game. Okay. Let's open the playbook. Let's give him call the plays. The kid's a smart guy. He's been learning your system for two years. Let's go. Let's open it up. You know he's a starter. Let's get it going. And this is going to come with him playing a full game. But let's get his attempts up. He had 18 attempts last game. Let's get him to the 30. Let's get him to that 27-32 area where you know he can really find his way through a game and get into a rhythm. I know having Michael Riley play the third quarter and for a chunk of the fourth really took out of his attempt totals from last week, but I want to see them make that commitment where they say like, yes, let's give the ball to Rourke, let's put the game in his hands and trust our young Canadian QB to lead us to potentially a victory.
1: Yeah, I think we are going to see that too, especially when you know taking into consideration the fact that the BC Lions didn't even know who was going to start prior to that game. Nathan Rourke had no idea, but well, the team had knew. no idea. They
0: thought they knew.
1: Michael Riley comes out and says, "No, no, I can't go Nathan Rourke forced into a starting situation in a very hostile environment." And for the lack and you know, when you look at his game tape, put together a pretty good performance as a week 1 starter as a rookie week 1 starter in the CFL. So I definitely only expect him to, you know, build on that. And they came out early and said Rourke is going to be our starter this week. So I think they're going to, you know, package some some stuff together that's going to, you know, accent his skill set. And we're going to see, I think, uh, you know, regardless of what Nathan Rourke does on, this, on the stat sheet, I think we are going to see an improvement from him going into week two. I mean, football – you always hear, like, football is one of these sports where when you know, you know. When you know what you have, you know what you have. And Nathan Rorick, I think we know what we have.
0: Yeah, it's fair to say, uh, I, I want to, whenever you get into evaluating players, I always get to the three games. Once you hit three games, teams know what to expect from you, from the system you're going to play, and your tendencies. And that's where it really takes over. So I want to see him get four or five starts this year God willing, Michael Riley's still okay, but I would like to see him get to that five-start plateau where we can really start to see who he is going to be as a pro. On that note, though, if you're listening to this in the evening, it's time to go watch some damn BC Lions football. If you're watching it in the morning, get psyched because it's coming fast. Week two is locked and loaded. Uh, hopefully, you guys have enjoyed Week one and the stuff leading up to it this week with Martian Mello now being on Mondays Tuesday Connor and I were here breaking down Nathan Rourke's first start and all things that went up in week one and of course you guys got Wednesday's Breakdown with Marshall and DT so check out that uh, as we get into the game but for now You guys know where to find us at Wade Zank at Connor R O'Neill at CF perspective And if you're looking forward to a game, why not go and grab a nice, cold, crisp Sawdust City
1: beer? Yeah, get your hands on a nice, cold Sawdust City beer for that Thursday kickoff. Sawdust City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. Maybe get your hands on one of those hazy summer IPAs that are so delicious. Beer and football, great combination. And this August, listeners are getting an exclusive promo code, use CFL during checkout to receive free shipping on orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Obviously, you must be of legal drinking age to get your hands on some of that delicious sawdust city.
0: And as we get back to the games, be heard on the field with Fox 40 Sonic Blast CMG. With 120 decibels of sound and power, the Sonic Blast can be heard over even the loudest of crowds. Shop now at foxfortyshop.com 40 and enter the code csp 15 at checkout for 15% off. Enjoy the week too, Slate. We will talk to you guys
1: on YouTube.